0: As we get toward the end of the church year and as we move into the the first couple of weeks of Advent, the readings speak of the the end times, the parousia, the second coming of Christ. And we're met with many apocalyptic types of of readings, of statements. We have here, uh, quite a bit from Christ, uh, sort of, I think, three main points. The first one. You know, the people are looking at the temple. And remember that the temple had just recently been completed. I mean, it was, it was built, you know, with, with Solomon, but then it was destroyed when the Jews were taken into slavery by the Babylonians. So it took a long time to rebuild the temple. So they're looking at the temple and they're saying how beautiful it is, how it's adorned with all these beautiful things. And then Jesus says, basically... It's going to be destroyed again. All that you see here, the days are coming when a stone will not be left upon another stone. It's all going to come down again. Well this this would be a tragic, an incredibly tragic thing to say. You know those those listening to him are thinking we already went through that, our ancestors went through that, it was it was incredibly traumatic. We've gotten it rebuilt And now it's going to be destroyed again. He says, yes. And in fact, in about A.D. 70, the Romans did, in fact, destroy the temple once more. But they asked him, well, how are we going to know when this is going to happen? You know, what are the signs that we're going to see? And he says, people will come in my name, and they will say the time is near. You can go down to Mill Avenue in Tempe probably every Friday or Saturday night and there'll be somebody down there telling you the end is near with a sign and all the rest, right? I mean, we've seen these kinds of folks all the time. The end is near. The end is near. And the Lord says, don't follow them. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know. He says there's going to be all kinds of wars and insurrections, horrible things that are going to happen first. But it's still not going to be the end. How many times do we see horrible things happening in our world? And we we start to think, oh gosh, maybe this is it. You know, horrible weather events or perhaps wars. Maybe the Lord is, it's starting. Maybe the end times are starting. The Lord says, no, I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be wars and insurrections, horrible things. But it's still not going to be the end. And then he gives us the good news. Before all of this happens, they're going to seize you and persecute you, hand you over to synagogues and prisons. They're going to kill some of you. You will be hated by all because of my name. Whew. This was not a good news day for the the disciples. There's not a lot of good news they're hearing from Jesus you would not think. And in fact, it would play out this way. Not only, of course, uh, is the temple destroyed in AD 70, but for a few hundred years, the early Catholic Church was persecuted by the Roman government. And they were led into arenas. They were burned. They were mauled to death. They were forced to be killed for sport and for entertainment. The early Catholic Church suffered greatly and mightily. And they did it because they believed in Christ. And the Roman government wanted them to, to renounce Christ, to, to revoke you know, their, their adherence to their, this faith that was seen as a threat, and to take on the gods, the pagan gods of the Roman state. You know, just just show your devotion to these pagan gods, these gods that don't exist, and forsake the one you believe in, and we will spare your life. And so many of them did not, but underwent horrible suffering and death because of their belief in Jesus Christ. This continues, and has continued, And as we continue to enter more and more a post-Christian society, when the pagan gods are all around us, when we are tempted and motivated and exhorted to give up our faith for the pagan gods of the state or the society or whatever particular ideology is rampant in this day, What will you do? This is the question for all of us. What will you do? Have you already, you know, given a, as it were, pinch of incense to the pagan gods? Have we already compromised our faith to this new paganism? Have we already gone over to the secularism and refused to hold on to our faith in Jesus Christ? We come, yes, we're here at Mass But it's safe here. When we go out there, do we act like the Catholics we know we ought to? Or at least try. At least try. Or do we renounce our faith in subtle ways? Maybe not explicitly. Maybe explicitly, but maybe in other ways we compromise. Make it seem like we agree. We have a world that has incorporated what can be called a radical subjectivism. Many of you know what this means. But radical subjectivism is that the individual subject determines truth and reality for themselves, which is completely incoherent, doesn't matter. But this is how you hear people saying so many things which are contradictory and yet they have no problem saying it because the only authority they really believe in any longer is themselves. I am my own authority and nothing outside of me can tell me that anything I do is wrong and even if it contradicts it doesn't matter I can hold to my own set of beliefs. This is a satanic ideology. Why is it satanic? Because it's Satan's sin. Satan, who chose to defy God, who wanted to be like God, and then he taught our ancestors this sin, Adam and Eve. Oh, you'll be like God, knowing good from evil. In other words, you can determine good from evil. This is the original sin which comes into our world, and it continues century after century. It has its root in Satan. THIS IDEA THAT I AM GOD, I CAN DETERMINE REALITY. THIS IS NOT A HUMBLE STANCE. THIS IS NOT THE POSITION OF ONE WHO IS CREATED BY A DIVINE CREATOR. AND YET IT IS RAMPANT. WE LIKELY WON'T STOP IT. WE LIKELY WILL BE OVERCOME MORE AND MORE AS THE YEARS GO ON, AT LEAST AS A SOCIETY. But the choice that each of us has is we will either be faithful or we will allow ourselves to be swept away. And to be faithful means taking a stand on all those uncomfortable things, on all those church teachings that people want us to give up. It means we're going to have to be persecuted, hopefully not killed, but it means broken relationships. It means standing up for the truth that we did not invent, but the truth that God hands on to us. And, brothers and sisters, I say this strongly because the Lord has done so already. And He says, in the end, there's only two types of people there's the sheep and the goats, there's the weeds and the wheat. We're either for Him or we're against Him. And each of us must decide we know what the truth is we know where goodness lies we know where grace is found we are here not because we're perfect we're here because we're wounded we're here because we're sinners we're here because we need jesus christ more than anything else and so we come back every sunday to remind ourselves of who is in fact in charge of who god truly is that it's not us It's not humanity. It's not Western culture. Our God is in heaven, and he has given us truth to follow. He has given us grace and love so that we may persevere to the end and one day be reunited with him. Please stand.